Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, back to Whiteley. Amid our cricket conversations, what's kicking around in footy? Sam Edmund is here for EFS, delivering simple freight solutions. G'day, Sam. Top of the morning, Jared. Hope you're well. We keep a watch list on 360, stuff that mm. intrigues us, stuff that we need to check in on. I feel like St Kilda sits atop the watch list heading into season 2023 for a whole variety of reasons. Couldn't agree with you more. I find them such a fascinating topic of conversation right now. So here are the Saints on the eve of their 150th year and after an off-season of ups and downs and swings and roundabouts, new coach, new coaches, new CEO, new staff, they lose Jeff Walsh suddenly. There's been injuries to Max King and others that have particularly hurt their front half of the ground and a slow start, albeit in a very, very low-key pracking match. So that off-season optimism seems to have faded out there, hasn't it? The reality, the reset perhaps, and the task in front of the club, has it buried all of that? I mean, a lot of optimism enveloped the Ross Lyon appointment, didn't it? But has the reality of the reset washed over the top? I find them interesting and intriguing because they won 11 games last year. They missed finals by only one game. At one stage, they were 8-3 and three and all the rage after round 11. It is a mammoth year for them, like so many others, Jared. So Simon Lethleen was officially appointed CEO of the Saints at the start of the season. Now, he was asked on SEM Breakfast by Gary and Tim this morning, strip it all back. What's a realistic expectation for St Kilda this year? And this was how Simon Lethleen responded. On the back of, I guess, um, you know, one practice match and some of our better players being unavailable and a, a new coach, a new game plan um, and a really new footy program. I guess there's there's so many unknowns this, this time of year to be able to answer that question with any real clarity. I guess what our fans do need to know you know, some of the knowns uh, within the program are that, um, you know, in, in the first four years of, of Ross's tenure back at the club, we're, we're going to be relentless in, you know, pursuing having this club contending for a flag. Um, you know, we'll be fitter than we ever have been and we are. Um, you know, there'll be, there'll be significant expectations on delivering 100% effort, you know, and selection will, will back that up. Um, there'll be greater clarity and education around the game plan and the the playing group will know what's expected of them and their role. Um, you know, we'll give opportunity to youth. You've seen Philippu run around last week and, and the importance of giving talented young players a chance. You know, and so the fans can, I guess, be clear on, on those things. that They're the knowns that our effort will be there. You know, the pursuit of the culture of excellence that Ross and his team want, um, the preparation and the clarity. You know, we're pursuing uh, ultimate success in Ross's tenure where that... Where that lands us after round 23 this year, I don't think we'll know until the season's well underway, but there's enough knowns there that the, that the, the fans can expect of us. This is a delicate dance for St yeah. Kilda because yeah. they have reset their timeline on multiple occasions and it's cost the last two coaches their job. And to read it at face value at the time is this was an administration that felt that this list should be achieving better than it is. Mm. So the extrapolation there is once you bring in the coach of your choice, they should be going up, not down. But what I hear is the gentle reframing, that this is all about building a team for Ross Lyon for 2026 and for Max King, who at that stage mm. 
will enter that season 26, 27 years of age. This is, I think, St Kilda again playing the long game, but that is a very delicate dance yep. for them with their supporter group. So basically they're not where they thought they were. And now a lot of that language, as you heard from Simon, pretty well handled there by Simon Lethlin. He's around, well, this is a, a, a new standard is being set. And he went on to say, basically, if you can't keep up, you can't deliver, you won't survive. So staying away from the expectations and more around building up from the base again. But you're right, it's totally shifted down there. Uh, it's shifting down at the AFL. I mean, for the 50 millionth time, can we talk about Gillan McLaughlin's <laughs> timeline? Because it has changed. He's still here. For the 50 millionth time. Now, uh, I touched on this this morning. Now, why expected, anticipated, believed among the clubs I've spoken to that Gill now stays well beyond Gather Round, which was the last stipulated exit date, Round 5 in mid-April, of course. There's just too much happening. The federal budget uh, for Tasmania, huge for Tasmania, obviously May 9, we think that'll drop. They're pursuing the $240 million of funding, but intertwined with that massive position is what happens with the GM of football position, which there's been growing angst about what's taking so long. The season's about to start. Brad Scott left ages ago. Well, that won't be filled now. I think that is now become clear that that won't be filled now until after the CEO position. Now, Jared, the AFL had settled on half a dozen names on a shortlist, if you like, at the start of the year in January that they wanted to interview. Now, we've seen Jimmy Bartell expressed an interest in the role, Nathan Buckley as well, but perhaps more in the future as opposed to right now for him. My understanding is Jordan Lewis has been approached also, but there hasn't been much movement since then. And the structure of it's important too. So clearly the tribunal would suggest changes are being made here without this position being filled. Laura Kane's there. Obviously, Andrew Dillon's overseen it anyway. It is a shared portfolio now regardless. I mean, you wouldn't have thought they can appoint a GM of football before the head of the entire organisation is Not now. So initially I was in that camp of there should be a a list of candidates here who are craving that job and it shouldn't be difficult to fill. But then when you think about it, it that's the most important football role and the new chief executive, a lot of the work is going to be done for whoever that person is. Mm. They have to have their prints on something. So it does make sense to me, having had a think about it over the summer, that it's all functional in there and that the new chief executive should pick their own person to be the GM of footy. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And we've run out of time, but the tribunal guidelines changing as well. And you probably get to this later. 13 amendments to those. The the biggest one, the legal loophole tightening, if you like, the infamous case that saw Patrick Cripps and Carlton go down a four and a half hour uh, hearing to have that uh, suspension reversed. They're going to a lot of um, effort here to, to ensure that this is not a courtroom. In fact, they told their clubs yesterday, this is not a courtroom. We're not conducting court proceedings. And they've even gone as far as to change the references to directions with instructions and jury with panel. So yeah. there's no more. Well, there is an error of law argument now, Jared, which I know we've spoken about a lot on this program, but is now specifically intertwined with the impact on the tribunal's decision. You can't just throw it out there and let the let the uh, QCs or the KCs as they are now go at it. Yeah, there was a, a lot of... <laughs> closing of previous <laughs> loopholes and shutting off of avenues. But there will be more within there that will be well, tested as our year goes on. One other on. really quick one that I took out of it was intentional contact with an umpire. Now, that it now includes holding in onto or holding into or pushing an opponent into the path of an umpire. Now, think Eric Hipwood and Ryan Gardner last year when he only got a fine, Eric Hipwood. There's, all, there's always examples that lead to these changes, and that was definitely that one. So that's been tightened as well. And Hawthorne's got a position to fill, don't they? They do. Director of football, I think maybe today. Uh, if not today, then certainly very soon. A new chairman, Andy Gow, has obviously been filling that brief on an interim basis, but they've been interviewing. They formed a committee to, to sort out the new director of football. That is coming in the not-too-distant future, as is a funding announcement for that Dingley facility. Long promised from the government, but as yet to be committed. Right.
Good stuff. A lot happening, Jared. There is. There is. And that's before we get to the proper preseason matches, which start tomorrow night. Looking forward to that dress rehearsal. Yeah, that'll give us a lot for, for Monday's conversations, I'm sure. Sam Edmund for EFS by Air, Road or Rail. Get your simple freight solutions delivered by EFS. Check efs.net.au.